Hello and welcome to the MBS Show, episode number 11. I'm your host, Norman Sanzo. Joining me today is Emilio Daniel. Sup, everybody? Hello, how was your day? Uh, mine? Yes. Well, I got interviewed by Sunway College students regarding Otaku Life, and that was pretty much the yeah. Oh, wait, uh, did you dress up as Fluttershy when you did that interview? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, what did they say? Well, I wasn't the only one being interviewed. So, the other otakus were going like, Wait, My Little Pony isn't part of otakus. And I was like, Doesn't matter, breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> Then you should dress as Pinkie Pie. <laughs> Not enough pink in my closet to do that. <laughs> oh, okay. And joining us today is Daniel Anthony. Hey, everyone. So, how was your day? Oh, my day, well... I'm coming to that stage in university where, you know, assignment starts pouring in on you all of a sudden. So, yeah, my day was uh, productive for a change. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And, yeah, I have a question. Emilio, you really cosplayed today? Yeah, why? Pictures or it didn't happen? We actually took a video. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> It's being processed, so, yeah, I don't really have anything with me right now. <laughs> Oh, okay. But you will see the, the full cosplay at AFA because I only wore the half of the costume during the interview. Okay, okay. So okay. just wait for AFA. <laughs> okay, and also joining us today is Tashirina. Hi, Pony. So, how was your day? <laughs> It was good. Pretty chilled. Um, one of those days where I feel like I could have done more, but eh, it was good. Had lots of sugar, actually, so oh. I'm pretty hyped up now. It's like 1am over here. For those who have been following Tash on Twitter, she just watched a movie. And that movie was Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> Whoa! It, it was awesome! Nostalgia, baby! <laughs> it was showing on TV, and for some reason, it was just me and like two of my girlfriends watching it. It was hilarious. Our eyes were like glued to TV, and we were just basically going, Oh my gosh, cool cars! Panties coming off now! You know what? Not enough RX-7 for me, so it was a bad movie. <laughs> Yeah, the cars are pretty sexy. I don't know, convertibles? If a guy waltzes in with a convertible, I'm pretty much like, hello. Brian <laughs> drove an Evo. That's enough to make it one of the best racing movies out there. Anyway, our special guest for this week is Zen GK. Hey, hello everyone. Hello Zen, hey. how are you? Not very productive day. Thanks <laughs> the rain. Ah, yes. Rain does do that sometimes. Well, it makes my day more productive because it's from the computer. Wait, hang on, it was raining? <laughs> are you serious? It was raining. I'm not in KL. Yeah, it rained pretty heavily here also. Where, in, Chocolate rain. Where, 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 where? Hang on, where are you then? Uh, this Tapa. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay, uh, I'm safe then. Because uh, I, I really, uh, for me, I have to get people to tweet about it raining in my area before I know about it. Just you wait. Tomorrow you go out, first thing's gonna rain. <laughs> oh. And you'll be freaky if it was chocolate rain. <laughs> I love that. I would love chocolate rain. And you'll see Emily on the middle of the road with his mouth wide open. <laughs> My clothes off, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Why is this joke that Jesus. me and my colleague were talking about during Christmas? Chocolate rain. Ho, ho, ho. Chocolate <laughs> rain. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of lumpy. Cough away from the mic. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay, anyway, so Zed, before we start the show, we have to ask you four important questions. And those questions are, who is your favorite pony? Applejack, of course. Ah, any reason why Applejack? I guess out of the main six, she has the personality the most I can relate to. Okay, hardworking uh, and honest. Hardworking, stubborn, <laughs> usually flying solo. The only one who has the guts to break a picky promise. <laughs> well, actually she didn't. She didn't, bro. technically she didn't broke it. She lawyered it. <laughs> 
that's what lawyer for. If you break the law, you just kind of, you know, go around a bit. You work your way around it, yeah. Like a boss. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, your favorite episode? I will have to go with three episodes, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, Ticket Master. Okay. Astronaut and Apple Box Season. Astronaut. Oh, I like Astronaut. Apple Box yeah. Season. Oh, that's the... Ah, okay, okay. First Apple Jacks episode. Then Ticketmaster is actually where they, the first episode where they introduce, reintroduce all, three, all the main stakes. Mm, okay. That one. Why do you like Last Round Up? Therapy! Okay, that's one of the reasons. Okay. <laughs> um, well, it's a, it is an Apple Jacks-centered episode. Uh, there is Cherry Jubilee. Oh, a new I like character. Her. Yeah. I'm also watching G1, so she, uh, yeah, she's kind of from there. But Cherry Jubilee is from G1. You didn't know? Slightly different name is that spell it because they don't have the copyright to actually use the full name. Oh, really? No. I thought Hasbro has been holding the rights to most of the uh, uh, names for the ponies. They only have the rights for Applejack. Oh, really? No. That's yeah. why you notice Applejack has the R as the registered trademark symbol. The rest just use trademark. Oh. Yes. She's like the ancient pony. Okay. So anyway, you like the last run up because of Cherry Jubilee. Cherry Jubilee, the Applejack episode. And actually, and more, more, more location outside of uh, Ponyville. Ah. I would always like to see more location. Oh, okay. Because mm, okay. one of the reasons I like the episode is because when Pinkie Pie freaks out when oh. Applejack broke the Pinkie promise. Demon Pie. Yeah. When I first watched it, like, oh my god, her voice, what in... Did you see the Japanese dub? Oh, yes. <laughs> the Japanese dub was freaky. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> what do your family and friends think about your love for the show? I guess my parents is okay, but my father is kind of doesn't care. My mom, as anyway, it's first started. She's kind of poke fun at it, but after a while, she's okay with it. Then my younger sister picked up, and then she poke fun at it. And I come in and say, "Hey, mom, looks it is okay." How old is your younger sister? Oh, I think she should be uh, twenty now. So, um, how did you become a brony? Now, uh, firstly, was she's also in MBS. Uh, she also started watching from G1. She brought to my notice that there's the new pony coming, that there's the new pony season, uh, G4. So I said, okay, I'll look it up, and sort of forgot about it, doing work. And after that, I got home, and I start YouTubing uh, random. <laughs> so I was watching Robot Unicorn Attack. Oh, okay. So, and I saw that the Ponies episode was one of the recommendations. Said, oh, wait, she told me about this. I click on it, watch three episodes. Oh, there, I'm in. So, you watched and loved G1, right? Yep. Okay, um, why? I guess during that, that time, there's nothing to watch on Saturday morning. When was this? I don't see. I don't know. It was uh, during the 90s, son. I think it's maybe, earlier, isn't it? Because maybe, G1 maybe, is 1980s. Yeah, but... 80s. I think it's about in the 89. When ah, start showing. Yeah, because you have to remember, we get most of the cartoons late. Don't remind me. Oh, come on. Actually, back then, it's not that, we're not that back, far behind. It's only recently. Eh, not really, because um, Ponies G1 started in 1983, and you said the show started showing like three years after, or maybe six years after. Yeah. So I, I think it's the syndication thing, where it's a full 51 episode or... 20, sorry, um, 51 or 62 episodes kind of deal where it's yeah, much so cheaper to buy it. Really get old yeah. Now it's fast because we have Astro. Everything uh, just had a cable. But 
Don't get me started on Astro. Astro is another problem I don't want to discuss. Why? Did you have it on Mega TV or something? No. Okay, see, the thing right now is Astro is conquering everything. And the only challenge it has now is Hype TV. And one reason why Hype TV can't manage to compete with Astro is because they don't have sports. Because Astro is holding the monopoly on sports. They do have a bit, not a menu channel. Menu? Okay, come on. Are you a menu fan? No. Okay. Any reason why you want to watch MU channel? Nah, good question. Yeah. I mean, I don't care much about sports, to be honest. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not about you. It's about the market. What the market yeah. wants. I mean, we're talking... No, okay, like I said, we're, we're digressing. So, um, moving on, moving on. So, in housekeeping, uh, Emilio's belated birthday present. When was your Yay! birthday, bro? Not to show you. Yeah, yeah. I still remember 27 April. Right, I gave you a belated wish. So, anyway... You like the present, Emilio? Talk about it. It's my favorite phone. Oh. <laughs> we'll leave you and Rarity alone now. Uh, I, I think Zen might have some picture for you. Dakamblah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm totally lost. Okay, never mind. It's uh, like, uh, since, uh, since Rarity just Some place you don't want to go. I've actually... Okay. No. Like, uh, get a new shelf for my... You know, because... Uh, I used to just put in the Tony, pony toys with all my other figurines and now since there's no space now so I had to get a new shelf to put the pony toys instead it's just for the people toys. ponies right yeah <laughs> I only have one blind bag that's all I've got Aww. it'll only be a matter of time before your pony collection expands oh. I'm pretty sure because compared to figurines they're quite cheap and it's like <laughs> It's kind of stuck over. Like. Yes, I'm waiting did. for McDonald's to bring back the ponies. Oh, true. I'm waiting for that one too. And Zen has a mighty collection of Apple Jacks. Oh my god. I went to three different McDonald's today. You mean they have it in Australia already? Oh my god. They started, they're supposed to sell it here today. I went to three different McDonald's asking for the pony toys. None of them had it in the city. I'm so sad. Oh. And wait, uh, Zen was trying to talk about his Applejack collection. <laughs> they don't have it or they are sold out? They haven't sold it yet, apparently. It's not in stock yet. Most of the ones in the city. <laughs> They're lying. They're lying. <laughs> it's all in the back. They're not bringing it out. I'm sad. Probably the boss <laughs> is a brony. <laughs> no, 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 no. Discord is trying to take all the ponies away from you. You know, sorry, we only got the boy toys. <laughs> hey, um, is Singapore selling the ponies yet? Sold already. They, they came in about the same time as US, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's a good thing because I've asked my friend who works in Singapore to get them for me. They're already over, boy. Huh? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, me sad. <laughs> okay, let's move on to um, Zen trying to explain about his uh, Applejack collection. I, I basically have every Applejack that I've made. Uh, is, this is G4, right? G4. Okay, uh, we were wondering... Uh, only have one G1. Ooh. Does Apple oh, appear in G2 and G3? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, nope. Only in G1. Mm, see. Licensing issue, I guess. Nope. Uh, they just can't utilize the character because of the, the world setting for G2 and G3. I've watched an interesting video about the whole My Little Pony intro, and funny enough, there's no G2. Uh, there's some confusion about G2. Uh, but... For, for a lot of people, actually. Uh, G2, they, that is the G2, the, the, the cartoon, and G2, the toy series. 
Because if I remember right, uh, people were saying G2 was the move to um, a more adult, I mean, a more teenage uh, yeah, yeah, if you, if you watch the video called Ballad of the Brony by Saber Spark, he actually talked about G2 being more of a kind of situation where it's a girl and boy thing. And if I remember right, uh, G2 was the was the season that they introduced cults into their world. Yeah. Uh, Lots actually, of no. cults. G1, they also have cults. They have Big Brother Ponies, which actually looks like Big Mac. Huh. Mm. They call it the Big Brother Ponies. Okay, um, since we're talking about older generations of pony, who here thinks um, older ponies were more violent? Violent? I don't watch much of it, but you know, judging from some of those videos that I watch, like, uh, what's that song, Who's a Silly Pony, looks a bit, you know, crazy, and, but, and you know, Call Upon the Sea Ponies, I don't want to know how no, they no, in the ocean in the first place. Uh, okay, oh let's... my god, I love that song, though. Yeah, I know, I love the song, but you know, I don't want to know how they ended up in the ocean in the first place. <laughs> okay, uh, the thing is, um, with the, the their villains, are pretty ruthless. And... The it was thing, the 80s, man. Yeah, I know. And one thing that I kind of respect about older generation is they have balls to show their villain dying. Ah. Uh, that's true. I mean, but like, think about it. That last time, you know, people just think about villains as pure evil. Nowadays, people want to see badass villains. Well, I mean, not badass. Okay, there's badass and... Last time was pretty badass as well, I reckon. Like, with the My Little Pony movie, they had... That character freaked me out. (laughs) I mean, it's meant to be the scary, evil, you know, doing evil for no apparent reason kind of evil. Yeah, those are the moves. If you look at the wiki villain, they're actually quite alright. Actually, some of the villains are actually very good. Like, uh, if you watch G1, the very first early, uh, episode would be the Butter Valley. Oh, yeah. They have this villain where it's, it's the Butter Giant Bumblebee. Ooh. He wears, like, bikers outfit with leather <laughs> spikes and everything. Okay, that's hardcore. <laughs> so, um, the first two episodes, it was a six-parter. So, it's like, first two episodes, it was this very badass, ruthless. Uh, don't give a don't give a bad character. And after that, he he, he made friends with he, then we the character starts to develop. He actually have no friends, mm. and then he made friends with one of the other ponies, and then he actually he actually a bad guy with a heart of gold. Ah, one of those characters. So I I'm thinking it's actually quite, it's actually quite, quite uh, the character's development is actually quite good for G one. Huh? Yeah, I, I can compare to G four actually. I think what. Uh, Daniel wants is a character like Shifrod, where all badass and doesn't really care about anything. Just well, it's like uh, Discord, you know. But Discord is more of a comedic. Chrysalis against those kind Queen Chrysalis, Discord, Nightmare Moon. They have a reason for it. Like Discord used to rule Equestria, so he wants to take his rule back. And those villains who are in the pre- in like earlier generations of cartoons, especially you know me coming from the Care Bears fandom, there used to be a villain called No Heart. He would just yeah. be there because he hates caring. Actually, G1 Care Bears not bad too. Yeah, I love G1 Care Bears. But I like the G3. I don't know what's the latest one. The, the AI Cal one. Uh, I think it's G3. Okay, let's move on to news topic. In today's news topic, Bronies for Good, Seed of Kindness. Bronies for Good is a networking and support group for any brony who shows a genuine desire to reach out to people and problems that many of the people in this world tend to disregard. Recently, Bronies for Good has started a fundraiser called Seeds of Kindness. The primary goal is to raise 10,000 US dollars for non-profit charity Your Sibling to build a medical clinic in Uganda. And any donation past this goal will help fund construction of a green village in the tiny republic of Burundi to house homeless children and refugees. 
As an incentive for donating, you will get a 41-track album composed by various community musicians. More information can be found in the show notes. So, guys, what do you think? I especially love thing. the message. So, okay, um, Daniel, you go first. Sorry. sorry. I, you know about their Massive Smile project, the song where they got all soloists and brony art, brony musicians to sing the Smile song together? I really like that. What do you think about this one? Bronies for Good has always been my reference point to show that, you know, bronies care about things in the world instead of some people just saying that, you know, bronies are people who sit around every day in front of their computer, watch ponies and troll people on the internet. So, you know, this is really reflecting very, very well on the Brony community on a worldwide basis. Mido, you should try working with them for your charity album. Well, yeah, maybe I should. It's like right now, I'm just shifting to a bunch of people and uh, I haven't been checking my emails recently. So I, I probably did get a few emails now that you mentioned it. Okay, well, you should check on it. So, um, Tash? Um, yeah, I think this is an awesome initiative by the Bronies and it's, it's a good Thing definitely we could use like instead of you know putting our money to something else this is actually a constructive thing to do okay uh, Zen uh, yeah I guess it's not right personally I'm not a very charitable person <laughs> but uh, well anything for charity is good as long as the, the goal is, is correct mm-hmm. but how I uh, guess I'll just give it for kind of discussion online then oh, what, what is it because things with charity though usually it's just usually it's just the first lump sum after that, there's no follow-up. Let's uh. say they could, they could build a village or an orphanage. And after the building is finished building, there's no more funding. Then, then the whole thing goes to waste. Yeah, well, um, the cool thing about this one is uh, the Brony So Good is just a page. The real charity is your sibling. That's a page to itself. You can... Uh, check for progress updates. Every dollar earned is spent on this charity. Uh-huh. They do other charities, but Bronies for Good, uh, their project of Seed of Kindness, they're doing the build a clinic in Uganda and the Green Village. And like I said, for any amount of donations you put in, be it a dollar, three dollar, or whatever, you get a 41-track album, which is pretty good. Hmm, I see. I guess. Now I feel like donating. It's worth it, really, if... Well, like I said, the initiative is there for you to donate. Like, if you donate... like Well, I donate 5 euros, and I get a 41-track album, which is pretty good. Mm. I mean, I donated it myself, and I feel happy inside. Mm, that's good. And I also got a 41-track album, so win. Yeah. No, I can totally imagine Ronies around the world... Being able to take off on a project this big, I mean, if you all know about the recent Kony 2012, you put the controversy aside and how big it has actually grown because somebody actually even graffiti the back of the bank down the road with Kony's face. You know, uh, it was, it's a sad, it, sad world. I know it's a sad, sad world, but um, putting the controversy aside... It change your life even though it's big. Yeah, you know, think, I mean, put aside the controversy, but... You know, a project with like that, you know, done by Bronies. I mean, what do you think? Could it actually take off as well? Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, could you repeat the question again? Because I was coughing. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, if you if a project like this took off with Bronies around the world, something like the, to the extent of Kony 2012, that kind of um, the hype that it generated, do things like Cover Night and all that. Hmm. With, with the references to how controversial the project was, just put it aside, you know, because we so, all know that there are people for it, there are people against it. So, so basically what you're saying is if a charity program or charity event went big like Kony, whatever. Yeah, 
Mm, well, it could work, but the thing is, um, you need somebody strong to back it up. I'm just going to throw a name here. Let's say um, uh, Rihanna supports the Brony Seeds of Kindness thing, and uh-huh. it will generate some uh, attention to it. Don't you mean homeless place? <laughs> No, but, but like, you know, there's, if, if somebody like Daniel Ingram did it, do you think he'll pick up just as much? I mean, Daniel Ingram's an idol to bronies, uh, but people who are not into the show may not know him. Yeah, but for, like, like, like you, just, you need someone mainstream, like, yeah. uh, like some other campaign that go viral, let's say. Barack Obama. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, not many people like him. Yeah, and they vaccine. They have, uh, Playboy model. Playboy model. Uh, Playboy model. Voicing uh, hmm. out anti-vaccination. And the whole thing went off in the US. That's crazy. Even though it's wrong. True uh, that. Oh, because could... of Playboy. <laughs> yeah, or maybe, let's say, uh, Robert Downey Jr. He supports uh, Seeds of Kindness. People yeah. and news will flock to it. I'm so in. Uh, see, yeah. so he supports Seeds of Kindness? No, I'm no. just saying. If, oh, I, see, I thought he really did. I mean, if he really did... Someone from the mainstream. Yeah. I see. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next topic. Okay, guys. My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, gets two nominations for Outstanding Original Song. Daniel Ingram was recently nominated for the Daytime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Original Song, Children's and Animation category. The song that was nominated was becoming popular, The Pony Every Pony Should Know in bracket, and made the best pet win. <laughs> and I am super excited. For those who are considering why songs like The Flip Butters, the Smile song or This Day Aria was not nominated. It was because those songs were aired in the year 2012. While becoming popular and May the Best Pet Win were aired in 2011. It, hence, it gets uh, a stage in that in the nomination for that, that year. Links to the other nominees can be found in the show notes but who cares about the other nominees? It's Daniel Ingram! Congratulations, Woo-hoo. Daniel Ingram! So, Daniel Ingram getting two nominations for his work. That's pretty That's amazing. That's two times the fun. This is amazing. Huzzah! The nomination has been doubled. It and should be the outstanding has been doubled. Ah, yes. That's what it is. <laughs> favorite pony song is there. It's true. Anyway, um, for those who don't really get why getting nominated for an Emmy is important, or why does it even matter, is because that you get... How do I put this? Um... You get noticed. When you get noticed... Recognition. Yeah, recognition and everything. When that happens, the hub or any channel that's showing your work will support it some more and will not kill it anytime soon. Oh, uh, and also there's another thing. If he actually wins or just... Just the simple fact that he's nominated, his commission prices just went up. Woohoo! Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Like, it really just went up. <laughs> yeah, and that brings fear that he may charge the help double. Well, too the bronies will pay for it. <laughs> well, besides the fear of Daniel Ingram asking for more, um, this is pretty good. But the two competitors that he's um, going against are Dora the Explorer and Sesame Street. Okay, Sesame Street is going to be a tough one. Here's another thing that I forget to mention in the show notes because it was running long. The song that was in Dora the Explorer was sung by Shakira. Oh, And the song that was sung on Sesame Street was sung by Bruno Mars. Oh, Bruno Mars. That's tough competition, right? And the third one was from... Competition in this case would be against performer, but if you take composer into consideration, the game changes. 
But the thing is, it's song-wise. And when you're talking about song, how catchy is the tune? Does it stick in your head? And exactly. who's singing so the song? The singer doesn't really count so much towards it. Like, if you put the singer on a higher scale, then you'll get something like American Idol going on. But it's an Emmy where they're much deeper, you know? Yeah, true that. But artists also plays a part because of the voice and the talent power. Mm, I see. So, like I said, it's going to be hard for Daniel Ingram to possibly win. But not he has the support of the bronies. It doesn't matter. He's mm. still a winner to us. Yes, true that. But it would be nice if he wins. And oh, that's if he wins, um, the show might go on longer. The show will go on longer. Yeah, he might pull something like what Sabrina Albergetti did and put his own pony sona into the show. <laughs> um, I don't think so. And uh, Daniel Ingram has a pony sona yet. Somebody made one for him, and at BrodyCon he actually acknowledged it. Mm, oh. If I remember right, somebody did it, and it was a Malaysian. Oh, uh, the one for William Anderson uh, also was made by the same person. Wow. Yeah. I'm actually looking at it right now. <laughs> you can see the link on his drawings, um, something at deviantart.com. Uh, yeah, it's uh, edvedd.deviantart.com. It's at that. Uh-huh. Okay, anyway, um, shall we move on to the next topic that Daniel wrote up? Ah, yes. Okay, so uh, I'm sure in the topic of um, donations and charity... Coming back to it, I'm sure you all heard of the Brony Thank You Project. Yep. So for any of you who's wondering what the Brony Thank You Project is, actually a project that was supposed to be to thank the creators of MLPFIM, the Friendship's Magic uh, show, especially, you know, those at DHX Media and Hasbro, by putting on a 30-second advertisement to air on the hub during the show. And this bunch of people who are part of the Brony Thank You Fund, they are actually a non-profit organization. They approached the hub and the hub gave them a generous rate of $2,000 for a 30-second slot for this commercial. So they started a donation fund for 12,000 US dollars and uh, they recently hit that amount and had their script approved by Hasbro. However, over the internet, you know, people have been coming up and saying this is not worth it, you know, 12,000 US dollars just for an advertisement. And some argue that, you know, the producers may not even see it. So what's your take on this, guys? Norman, what do you think about it? Here's the thing when you were talking about it, I I did some research so fast of me. You forgot to mention the Bruni Thank You Project has become an Corporation and naming themselves uh, the Brony Thank You Fund Incorporate. Yeah, I, t- I, I oh wait, they're more than a non-profit now. Yep. It's still non-profit. They're, they're like a club, I think. Mm, they don't register. Incorporated means it's a company, doesn't it? Mean that. More or less, but here's the thing. Um, the reason why they did that for it was to join the NH non-profit. Uh, NH non-profit is the New Hampshire Center for Nonprofit. They provide programs and resources that support nonprofit organization. Um, the reason for making it a nonprofit organization is to pursue federal tax uh, exemption 509 copyright uh, bracket 3 status. What that means is you can get tax exemption from your donations. Mm, I see. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Because all the charity works is nice and all that stuff, but people want more than giving their money away. They want something written. Yes, true. And tax exemption is a nice thing to have, really. It's very nice. And, uh, okay, so, but people have been talking about, you know... $12,000 $12,000 to put an advertisement on television. Uh, some people are arguing that it could go towards something better, like a charity cause, like all of it go to, going towards charity. So some have actually raised the point, you know, 12000 is a lot of money wasted. But I mean, I don't know, what's your take on this? Because I think 
it's worth it and it's legit to you know say thank you to people for giving us such an awesome show. But maybe twelve thousand is a bit too much on it. I don't know. What's your take? Okay. Um. Why don't we ask Zen about this? Because I think he's working with uh, advertising also, right? For Comic Fiesta. Okay. Okay. Um. What's your take on it? Now, first thing first, I think they are free to spend their money however they wish. As for the as for twelve thousand being a high amount, it might be a high amount for us actually. But if you look at the industry, twelve thousand is actually like peanuts. True. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This like two thousand for a slot. Twelve uh, thousand is like what six slots. Yeah. It only shows up six times. Probably all appear in one week, once a day, or something like that. But anyway, uh, when you say. Sorry? As for would the money would benefit better in the charity? Maybe. But then, like I said, they, get, they are free to spend their own money uh, any way they want. True, okay. Um, so, anyway, um, when you were saying about the commercials, the 12,000 mark was actually um, an estimate amount for them to run 10 commercials during high viewer period. What that means is you'll get to air your commercials during high viewership, which like during prime the time. news, after the news, something like that? Yeah. Prime time. Yeah, prime time. So getting Is that a prime time or the Saturday morning? Is that the one? Yes, true indeed. And 10 commercials, or just an estimate amount of 10 commercials, which is also quite cheap, really. And a standard commercial costs around 3000 to 10000 for 30 seconds. That's a standard commercial yeah, in the US. Yeah, mind that these people at the Thank You, Brody Thank You Fund, they approach the hub and talk to them and... You know, ask them for a competitive rate. Well, actually, two k is pretty cheap if you think about it because they're not even, really. Sorry. Even in Malaysia, last time, where uh, in my previous company, where we worked with uh, Astro uh, to show our ads in uh, AXN, was like six thousand per slot, six thousand ringgit per slot. That yes. is including that we have a partnership with them. Mm, mm, yes. I see. So two thousand is actually pretty, pretty cheap. Yeah. So a partner price. Thing is, for that one, is that you were advertising something. You were hoping to get something in return. Yes, but uh, for this... partnership with uh, AXN, which, uh, which basically... Uh, it's a funny deal. Uh, they have a, we have a product, whitelist. Uh, you know how, how white label works, right? Yeah, you might have to explain it to the people who don't okay. really get it. Alright. Uh, white label basically is that I have, a, I have let's say, this box of cereal. I would like you... I would give you this box of cereal and you can put the word AXN or Astro on it and sell it to your subscriber. So, you sell to your subscriber, you get the profit, I get a share of profit. And the ads goes like this, I would go onto your channel, AXN, and promote this AXN stereo. So, it's like a funny, it's a like partnership thing. Uh, Branding thing, is it? Uh, it's white label, we provide service. It's like uh, putting an ad on an ad, something like that. Ah, I see. But the thing is, with this Brony Thank You commercial, they're not they're not getting back anything, really. Yeah. So, that's why the hub... Just showing, uh, showing gratitude. Yeah, and so that's why the hub don't, don't mind giving them 2K because, like, you're not gaining anything back but saying thank you in public for... Yeah, that's why like I said it's, it's a partner price. Mm-hmm. So, it's a partner price is very low. And the funny thing about this, really, is the show is made in Canada mm-hmm. and yeah. the hub is not aired in Canada. Yeah, I, I see that. I that. So, the irony. That's why some people have raised the comment that the producers may never even see that 30 second advertisement, regardless if it gets on YouTube or not. You know, that's a different story, but they probably never see it ad on TV because, you know, the hub's not Canada. Yes, true. But the second point that they raise is that do we really want parents of children who are watching My Little Pony to see bronies on TV? Yeah. Because some people, sadly, from a first impression of especially male bronies, they're going to look and say, oh God, no. Well, that's true, but they are filtering out who is worthy to put on 
TV. If let's say they put Sephisto on or Pixel Kitty, I mean that doesn't really matter because they're prominent in the industry of the fandom. Mm-hmm. So if those two were to show up on TV, does it really matter? It's not to the bronies. It's more to people who don't know about the existence of bronies. What kind of impression would they have? You know, I mean, if you are a mother and you know you have children watching a show on TV that looks very innocent, suddenly you see guys talking about it. I mean, we as bronies will understand, but some people have a bad impression on you know adults who do things that are more childish, so to say. Ah, uh, overprotective soccer moms. Yay. Um, sadly, there are a lot of these people. The thing is, if people want to overreact, they will overreact no matter how much you protest. But yeah, that's the thing. Do we want to take the chance at, you know, making them overreact? That's what was. That's the question that was raised. Okay, the thing is, you got half and half right now, really. People who want to stay hidden in the darkness and people who want to come out into the light. So mm-hmm. the people who want to come out into the light will pay the amount that they need to come out into the light. And the people who want to stay in the shadow, well, don't pay. Basically, it's that. I <laughs> think the, the common concern would be the people, the spaces on the screen during the 30 second. Yes. They probably don't want to see uh, some to be stereotyped. It's probably don't want to see a fat four-eyed neckbeard <laughs> appearing on the <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, in the page, they did say that they do not <laughs> want that kind of stereotype to be on. Yeah, you will be cute but then people will still overreact. It's human nature. Even though it's a problem. People will still react, still overreact. Even though, let's say, I don't know, we show a kitten, people will overreact say you hate puppies. Yeah, true. What I'm wondering is, is that because in terms of showing bronies on TV, right, would it actually make a difference if they show like guy bronies and girl bronies on TV? Because I remember reading on the proposal that they try to get bronies who are actually family or professionals, you know, like when they appear on the screen, they'll be with their wife and children or some guy in a clinic. That's all people. I remember that they were saying it. Because the script that they put up actually just put, you know, spokesperson one, spokesperson two, no names. It was in the comment page. Uh, let's move on to the next topic, and that is guest time. In today's guest time is Zen. He is one of the founder of Comic Fiesta. Listen to him share his story about founding Comic Fiesta and his opinion on anime and ponies. So Zen, how was Comic Fiesta founded? The whole idea started back in the year 2000. Uh, during that time, Malaysia only had one comic convention. Uh, it was the Gempa Comics and Game Fiesta like that. So it was very commercialized. It was only promoting Gempa artists and no one else. So we figured that, hey, why not we just start another one where it's for fans? So we got around, we thought about it, we work out numbers, work out the fundings, work out the um, logistics and all that. So we said, hey, we can actually do it and we go ahead. It took us one year of planning and then 2001, we have our first event. It was founded from a few friends that talk about, hey, we should challenge Gempa, something like that, right? Well, not to say challenge, but then we need a, a channel or a space for actually non-commercial artists. During that time, they, we, uh, it was even before, uh, it was before Facebook. Uh, we, back then, we have a, we have an MRC channel. Ah, MRC channel for Malaysian artists. So we were actually in the channel. Uh, we get along, get to know a lot of people. We hear about the, grievance and things like that, say they don't get recognized, they have no channel, if they go, if they try to publish in Gempa, then there's lots of red tape and all that. So we said, okay, uh, since Japan can do comic, uh, comic market, Taiwan can do it, Hong Kong can do it, 
even Thailand and Singapore has it. So, why not we start our one for Malaysia? So, we did. Okay, mm-hmm. so how many people did you have on the team initially? Back then, there was four founders. Uh, I think roughly around the almost 20 helpers. Wow, see. Because the first event was, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but the helpers actually, they're all part of the community as well. They also have their own booth. They're like taking turns, helping out. Uh, it was a very small event. I think we have around, I think, what, nine or ten booths. Oh, ah, okay. Now, ten uh, amateurs, and then there's one from Gempak because they are one of our sponsors. So it was the first ACM convention in Malaysia? Fan base, not first. I see. Not the, yeah, first fan base. I mean, Gempak was, was it considered ACM? Gempa would, I would say yes, but then it's more commercialized towards their own artists. Okay. I see. This was more for the fans, really? Yeah, so our motto is by fan for fan. So, Amy, next question. Uh, okay, um, that leads me to a very curious question. Zen, what exactly do you do in Comic Fiesta? Oh, when I first started? Yeah. Everything. Everything. Every, wow. It was like, uh, what, uh, what were the ranges of your responsibilities? Okay, I, I manage the account. Uh, uh-huh. I meet up with sponsors, I do deals with sponsors, I talk to, I arrange, uh, I arrange the venue, uh, okay. the logistics for the venue, pretty much on the run-round guy. But uh, during the first year, there was, of the four founders, there's only one person in KL, and that's me. So the event is in KL, so basically I do all the groundwork. So what did you do now? Yeah, right now. For Coffee Fiesta? Yes. Um, nothing, I guess. I pretty much step out uh, in a like, um, seven, six, seven years ago. And so, previously, I'm not involved with the community anymore. Are you still part of it or did you release every ownership of Comic Fiesta? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty uh, much release everything. Ah, okay. So... Yeah, release it to the new generation of the community members. Are there any of the original four who are still doing stuff with Comic Fiesta? No. No, either, oh well, fully working or with family. So see, it probably doesn't have that much kind of energy to to put into it anymore. But of the original helpers, the original 20 helpers, some of them are actually in the community right now. Oh. Ah, I see. Actually, I want to ask, which one came first? The forums or the or the event? I think we started with the website and then after that, we went to a, a forum. It was the old P, the, the old Nuke forum. Oh, PHP Nuke. Yep, it was upgraded. So how did you promote Comic Fiesta in the beginning? Uh, in the beginning, is there's two biggest channels back in 2011 uh, that people get their comic. Back then is either you get through Gempa, you get through Comic Weekly, the Chinese magazine, or you get through Kotabai, they are part of the PCD. So we have ads in uh, Gempa and Comic Weekly. Then we also have, uh, we also take a deal with the shops in uh, Kotabaya that we put out an ad in your shop that people know about that you, uh, let you set up shop at the event. So it, it works. Uh, okay, uh, Tash? Yeah, I'm just curious actually going on from that. Like, what was the response like in the first year when you actually started wow. with Comic Fiesta? It was very, uh, it started slow, but the response is actually uh, very good. It's kind of like a bonus anyway. Uh, it started slow. Uh, in the first year, we have like um, 150 to 200 visitors. It was a small hall. Uh, it's 150 to 200 uh, visitors maybe from KL. So after that, we sort of expanded. We start taking out a uh, hotel function hall mm-hmm. and we accommodated up to a thousand and then from there it just keep growing. Last I heard, the last one was like 15k visitors. Wow. Oh, that's massive. <laughs> that's a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Bad with numbers, but I, I think that's a lot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is a lot, Amy. That is a lot, yes. So, and just from that, another question we have is, can you add ponies in Comic Fiesta? I don't know if that's relevant, considering you're not on the committee anymore, but is it possible? I would say very hard. Uh, it, it, I did sneak in uh, reference to Pony on last year. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we saw that. <laughs> I was there. I wish I was there. Yeah, it was a reference in the event booklet. To Edgala. Yes. If you want in the future, if you want to uh, blend in, I would say you have to start with a booth. So how much does the booth cost? Uh, the price change every year, depending on the venue. Uh, uh, usually it's like uh, 50, 60. Per day, right? 50, 60, say it's a day. So if it's a three-day event, right? Two days. Two days. So spend about hundred. Okay. Okay. Hundred plus. So then, as an anime lover and collector, do you see any similarities between animes and pony? Uh, there were some similarities. Both are. Well, there was. There always be some because both are actually a medium for telling story. Okay. Uh, it's come down to the uh, topics, moral and character development. Actually, these days I stop. I pretty much stop watching anime. Okay. It's just nothing to watch. It's the same rehash of the uh, harem formula. You mean like after a while, all the all the shows start talking about the same thing? Same setup. Six, uh, probably four four girls, one guy, one clueless guy. It's usually like. You mean something like what happened to Totally Spice? You know, you can formulate the whole episode. You don't need to watch it. You know what's gonna happen. Pretty much. <laughs> but some people say it's the journey there. Yeah, yeah that's journey. what kind of makes it yeah. interesting. I, I think what you're calling it is Scooby Doo formula. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. But Scooby Doo formula is good because they, that's where that's where they built movies like Sherlock Holmes and you know movies that are nice to watch because you learn from them. Yeah, but the problem is the anime is they they uses the ten. The Tenchi Muyo formula. Tenchi Muyo. I need to yes. Google one, that because I... One guy, six girls. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's basically uh, God Save Our King. This makes me miss the old animes, you know, like Blackjack and... Uh, what's the other yeah. one? That really good... Uh, K-On. K-On yeah. is having a movie, really? Yeah, it's not that old. Yeah. <laughs> and not, I mean... Samurai X. So, one guy, six Tony, girls. Right? <laughs> oh, Samurai X. Yeah, Kenshin. Yeah. <laughs> I was born at Yaxan when they were showing animes. Ooh, Cookie Master Boy, I love that one too. The reaction from when they eat the food, oh god, that. Oh, yes. Amazing. And the glowing and everything of the food. Why does that not happen in real life? <laughs> I think they, there was one Hong Kong drama that tried to emulate that where, where it's a cooking show where people eat their CG. Oh, no. Did it work? Oh, okay. I can picture that. It was so horrible. But you guys want to know what I missed from before? Mm-hmm. Ranma Half. Oh my god! Oh, that's whoa, so whoa, whoa. That one was so funny. Yeah. And talking about funny and Ranma Half, did you know the voice actress for Spike also voiced the voice for Shampoo in the English dub? What? Oh, <laughs> Yes. That's cute. Thank you for giving me a very, very odd time right now. <laughs> You're welcome. I had to bring it back to ponies. <laughs> that was back in the day when I had a subscription to Animax. Oh, yeah. Or oh, you can just buy the DVDs. The DVDs are cheap now. <laughs> so anyway, if Hasbro were to make um, anime version of My Little Ponies, the Japanese would take it and do it. What do you guys think? That would be like Powerpuff Girls, I guess. But that would be an awesome opening three minutes long. Ah, yes. If you do MLPC um, in Japan, yes. I would uh, I would think it would be uh, slightly weird because in Japan they sort of uh, 
they kind of avoid talking animals unless you're ah. targeting for ruler or primary school. Yeah, I remember that interview once. Um, the Japanese don't really understand My Little Ponies, really. Um, people were asking, um, as you may know later on with the MBS questions, um, uh, culture, yes. Yeah, the thing about Japanese and the point of view of talking animals is mostly in folklore, in folk tales. And Pokemon? They only say their names. Oh yeah, true. So anyway, um, it's only targeted at you know primary school children. The older fans of Pokemon is actually from the game. Yes, true. And a fun fact also. When they watched the show on Nico Nico Doga, and yes. they questioned themselves, why is this show good? Why, why is this show showing this kind of thing? As an example, the ponies are in a spa. For us, they're just in a spa, talking. Well, that's just normal for us, right? But for the Japanese, um, they're a bit confused because this is they're a children's show, right? Spa, yes, they accept mysterious plot covering certain areas. Yes. During this kind of scene. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, they're ponies, and then, like, this is talking animals. So, um, who is this show targeted to? It's, it's basically like that. There are cultural differences, like, in the winter wrap-up episode where Twilight Sparkle got hit by a skunk, and mm-hmm. yeah, and Spike had to wash Twilight with tomato, tomato juice. Yeah, I tomato don't juice. know why. Ah, see? You and the Japanese... Uh, yeah. You and the Japanese it's have the same... Japan, uh, so, it's oh, that kind okay. of thing. It's... To get the stink away. Well, this is embarrassing. I love Urban Legends and I don't know that. You can watch one of the episodes of Miss Buster when you're doing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. So, was it um, busted or was it uh, confirmed? It was possible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you smell a skunk and tomato. My own ponies will work because magic. Okay, uh, Emilia, the next question. With the way that Hasbro is handling the Brony fandom, do you think that anime producers should take the same steps in handling their fans? I would, I, uh, I guess it depends on anime and the depth of the, the studio itself. Because in Japan, there was uh, one incident where the, top, the producer of the show actually went on Tuchan, yes, the famous Tuchan. Yeah. To, to join the community then you know, comments about taking 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 comments and posting up uh, new epi- uh, sickness to new episode and all that uh, and it was a it was it was a disaster oh uh, how so okay uh, anyone of you watch Grand Lagan yeah I know the show yeah. okay Grand Lagan was the the maker of the show they went to Tuchang to promote the show okay and the community was very, very negative about it because they were, it was they, they see it as very intrusive, trying to uh, manipulate them to like the shows. Ah, I see. And Tu Chan is actually Japanese for Chan. It was the first. How many Chan's was, are there? It's so I don't cute. Know. <laughs> okay. Um. It's the original one. Uh, if you watch Train Man, you watch the, the Japanese drama Train Man. Uh, no, uh, I heard of it. It was actually based on uh, Thread in Tu Chan. Oh, really? Oh. So, um, okay. said about your comment about Gorilla Gun with uh, the makers about uh, commenting on that? Oh, okay. Yeah, Gorilla Gun. One of the producers actually went in, uh, tried to tried to defend one of the episodes, actually. Where, was, uh, where there was one episode that the viewer hates a lot. So, he went in, tried to defend it, and then things got hitty, and then he said something wrong. 
said before, you know, the, there was a clamor of, you know, angry fans to, to the studio and all that. And then the, 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 the guy who made the comment got fired. Yeah, and I quite like the guy because he's, he made several other, he is the producer for several other anime and games. I actually, I actually uh, I follow all his series. Anyway, um, we have talked about anime long enough. Let's move on to the community member questions. So the question that Emilio has <laughs> present is, how many toys or figurines do you buy per week or per month? And what's your average spending on them? But there is no monthly spending. Because the toy doesn't come out. There's, there's, a, there's no new toy every month. So I only get them as, as they come out. Ah, uh, smart move. Yeah, of course, only those that I like. I don't get all the random random stuff. What kind of toys do you get really? Like is there any series that you like collecting? Series? I mean only toys? Sorry, in general. I think what Amy is trying to ask is about your anime, Fig Figma and so on. I don't really buy a certain brand or, or series. But basically, whatever catch my fantasy, usually is a big stuff. I collect Hurry Sun. Ah, okay. Not a lot of people know about Hurry Sun. It's, from, it's actually based on PlayStation 1 game. And they only have like two episodes of anime, and that's it. Oh god. <laughs> that is really um, niche there. <laughs> yes. I don't collect mainstream stuff. You're, you're, uh, you're a hipster like Daniel, eh? <laughs> I'm an anime hipster. <laughs> anime hipster. Nice. <laughs> That is cool. <laughs> How many figurines do you have so far, Zen? Like, an estimate? Uh, I would guess around 40 plus. Okay, okay. It's healthy. Plus it. goods. And they are not your giant size figurine that you've seen, always seen in uh, forums and all that stuff. I usually collect the rest. I usually collect the five inch or smaller type. So, next question is from Andrew Ng. He asks, I see that before you were a brony, you were actually an otaku like me. Why the sudden change? Personally speaking, the anime appeal is lacking for me and I sought out ponies to find out a new exposure. I guess it's pretty much like that. Uh, I previously mentioned that anime, the anime genre has been purified into just one single genre, harem. At my age, I don't really fancy harem anymore. So I pretty much stopped watching anime and then, uh, since I really watched uh, G1 Pony and G4 is here, might as well watch it and I'm hooked. The next question is, I am aware that you often go to Japan. As a brony, do you know of the hidden brony fandom in Nico Nico Doga and some of the Taiwanese website? Have you met any of them before? Not in person, but I do watch pony episode on Nico Nico Doga. Simply just to look at the comments. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know what Nico Nico Doga is, it's Japan's version of YouTube mixed with SoundCloud, where you can comment on the show live well technically recorded but when something happens the comment comes out that's why when you see some video in Nico Nico Doga you can see like text scrolling on the screen is it a TV channel or like a web, uh, web um, app or something it's, it's a website like YouTube but then your comment appears as uh, flying text on the video itself like uh, everyone is allowed then, to put an annotation on the video kind of thing you think yeah, so? so if the show is or if a lot of people hate the show then you can you can't even see the show past the... <laughs> yeah, it's just imagine SoundCloud when somebody posts something like, oh, I like this part, oh, I hate this part, something like that. Taiwanese uh, ponies. Actually, I think there's only one big, uh, one big ponies, uh, Taiwanese ponies uh, website, which is uh, I, 
Don't know how to pronounce English. I don't think there's an English name for that website. I just uh, say it in Chinese. We don't mind. Okay, it was managed by this guy. Uh, his web handler name is actually called House Alone. House Alone. Pony Dragon. Okay. Pony Dragon. He's basically his uh, his OC is basically spied with uh, sensor bar always. So have you met him before? Uh, no, I did join the Facebook group for Taiwan Pony. So how is the Taiwan Bronies? Uh, are they the same as MBS or are they very nice? clean? Very clean. That's all I got from that. Ah, all right. Yeah, I'm also in the Taiwan Bronies group. I see their postings like, you know, the real target audience. Until they yeah. posted, you know, the Taiwanese localized version of the commercial. Oh, yeah, I... they have the drama there. Oh, one of the local stuff. Shy is shy, shy Taiwanese. So anyway, um, on to the next question. Uh, in your opinion, what would the Japanese think of My Little Pony fandom? Would they be able to think of it as omni part of their fandom, despite being a Western background? Do you mean the Japanese viewers' idea of the My Little Pony fandom or the show? I think the fandom, yes. If you go to 2 chan, they actually quite, quite like 4chan. They act like they... They behave like 4chan, actually. They are trolls, they are moral fact, new fact, old fact... And all the stuff. It's, yeah, it's, I would say it will have their appeal there. Yeah. I think they could establish each other if they meet to face. Tash, next question. Next question comes in from Chia Yang. He's asking, tell us more about your participation in the Ponies Around the World event and the card game you were working on. Oh, Two yeah, things. <laughs> okay. Uh, first one, the, the Ponies Around the World. It started at EQD where the Seth was asking that ponies around the world submit a photo of a pony at a location with one of the monument or what, or oh, okay. basically showcasing your country. Oh, okay. So, I participated in it. During that time, I submitted for uh, KLCC and Penang. Did it get posted on EQD? It, it did get posted on EQD, and then that's how I met uh, James. I think it was the first, yeah, first global event for ponies. Uh, the second question was about the card game. <laughs> oh yeah, the card game. I think I saw Sammy and Captain the thing. It's basically this, I have this idea for this card game which uh, basically based on, okay, is a card game for two players. So each person would sort of lay down one of the main six as a character in the show. So the whole objective is that you have to use the character to capture a, a lesson which is placed on the table. So the idea is basically like this, there are seven lessons on the table. And each lesson will require a certain number, a certain character. Let's say uh, the lesson is based on the show. So let's say Apple Box season. Then to capture the lesson for Apple Box season, you need Apple Jack on the table and maybe another big six on the table to complete the request, the, the requirement for the, for the lesson, and then take it to your hand. After all seven lessons is complete, the player with the highest number of lesson wins. That sounds interesting. Um, is it based on any other games before this? Uh, yes, it's actually based on the modified rules of another card game that I played before. It's the Sakura Wars Dramatic Card Game. Ah, that's not the one from Bushiro, right? Ah, uh, no. Bushiro is a new one. This is uh. the old one by Sega themselves. Ah, okay. That sounds oh, interesting. It's the same concept. Yeah, basically it's the same concept, but I simplified the rules. Oh, so okay. it's, this, it's going to be like a fixed deck, right? There's no add-on booster pack and stuff that's going to be involved, right? Yeah, it's a fixed, it's a fixed card list, but then you can build your deck as how you want. Ah, I see. You can choose to have 
yeah, you can choose to have all main six or maybe part of just some of the main six, and then you can use uh, companion characters, let's say CMC, they will do some special ability, things like that. Ah, well, that is interesting. Yeah, let's hope this comes true, man. I mean, I play... Yeah, I, I pretty much got the get card list down, I got the physical card down. Probably, I saw a keyboard part was doing when I was coding it into software. Oh, you were doing oh, it wow, in cool. software. Oh, I, I was thinking that you were doing it in real life, card game. Yeah, I did it in a card <laughs> game, but then it's take too much work. So I decided to digitize it using the whole practice uh, program. Because anyone anyone played Magic the Gathering online before? I, how to put this? I don't play Magic the Gathering online, but I did play the Steam version. Ah. Battlegrounds. No, not really Battlegrounds. It's the Magic the Gathering 2012 Flame Walker. Okay. Okay. There is this, this program they call it Apprentice. It's basically a free to, it's a freeware where someone build it where you can customize it to basically fit almost any trading card game. Mm. Oh. So I'm trying to customize the program and I got lazy. Well, you should do it because personally, I play a lot of card games. Um, I talk about it in the previous episode, but it never came onto the show. But I play a lot of card games like Yu-Gi-Oh, Cardfight Vanguard, and a little bit of Magic. So I would really love to play a card game based on ponies. I've been thinking about doing uh, a pony card game myself, really, based on Cardfight Vanguard. But that... I don't know if you've heard of Drinking is Magic. There's also uh, another pony uh, card yes. game based <laughs> on the Yu-Gi-Oh thing. Really? Yeah. Drinking is magic. It's a drinking game, yes. And based on the Yu-Gi-Oh! Foundation with 8,000 life points. I don't know about that, but the I, card system... Wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I, have, I have the drinking card game for ponies. I downloaded those that is actually not based on Yu-Gi-Oh! It's actually... Well, if you ever play any drinking game, it's sort of like that. You just open a card and the card just basically said, you just do whatever is on the card. Is it because the one that I saw drinking is magic is very complex. It involves character cards, action cards, this card, that card. I think that's the Dada trading card game, MLP trading card. I think it's on Facebook. Oh, where okay. like, there's like made, there's the character, then all of them have like ele- uh, elements, cost, there's a number, like six elements, things like that. Oh, I see. That is interesting. Wow. Anyway, um, Zen, you should continue on with your card game because I will fully support it and I will promote it on the show. A lot of okay. brodies would play as well, I imagine. We'd all be like very gung ho about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, go back to the nostalgic days and, Oh my god, you got Scootaloo! Then you should do it. And if you do, don't forget us little people when you get featured on EQD. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, we'll have cards of our own. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> anyway, those were the questions from the MBS members on Facebook. On to the next topic, it's email time! Email time! Ding, ding, ding! You've got mail! Yay! You know, um, we haven't heard a lot from Tash in this episode, so Tash, would you mind reading the email? Yeah, sure. Okay, so first off, uh, dear Norman and Emilio, first off, I'd like to say I absolutely love the show. Yay! Claps. Yay. Um, I'm not a big brony, but I do enjoy the back and forth between you guys, and I always learn something interesting while listening to the show. Educational, Yay. You guys always make me laugh when I need it the most. Keep up the great work and I can't wait until the next episode. This comes in from Tommy Herrick. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. And it's not from Muffy Drop. We have other fans. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we have other fans. But why do we always have one email per week? (laughs) 
Maybe you should do like a segment where people will actually send in more emails, like a special yeah, but, segment. Dude, be thankful for the consistency. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. something you don't get on my podcast. <laughs> okay, sorry. <clears throat> to be honest, there was um, additional mail really, but I was not sure if uh, touch would be on. Um, give me a sec while I open Gmail. Anyway, um, oh, additional mail. Oh, yes. So anyway, um, to answer Tommy's email, well, um, thank you so much. We really appreciate that you enjoy the show. Thank you for mentioning my name, <laughs> Tommy. Next time when you mention Emilio, mention it as Amelia. She will love it. Raka kakaka. Amelia. You know it, girlfriend. Tash, um, in the chat, here is um, Mafi Derp's email. Yay. Oh, okay. <laughs> alright, alright. So, should I read this out as well? Yes, please. Okay, so we have another email here from Mafi Derp. Oh. <laughs> Our number one fan. Yay. Number one fan. Woohoo! So, Mafi Derp says, Dear MBS show people, just a short comment this time. I too noticed the Homestuck Brony crossover in the fandom. The overlap is uncanny, and some example given the Moonstuck Tumblr are really well done. To a new mic, Muffy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're known Muffy, as the Muffy MBS show people. That. Cool. Funny. Our number one fan has spoken. <laughs> anyway, um. I tried researching on Homestuck, um, Homestuck, home, home, Homeless, Homestuck, Homestuck, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. How do you describe the feeling of Homestuck? I got no idea. Anyway, house. <laughs> <laughs> <Drop> the house. <laughs> anyway, uh, I tried researching into it, and oh my, uh, how do I say this without insulting a bunch of people? I'm not interested in it. <laughs> That's not offensive. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I I don't get it really because um, I did try wiki it. I did try to look at it. From what I can tell, it's an online comic, almost like Tumblr, really. It's oh yeah, well, it is. It's an interactive comic. Um, but, what is it for the demographic? No, no, no. It's about guys as well. Because all the people I know that are into it are girls, right? I'm just oh, thinking really? the fact that all the people I know are girls. Uh, fun fact about this is the fandom or the cosplayers on DeviantArt are really getting into this. Yeah, I, I noticed. <laughs> uh, there was there were two um, Homestuck uh, Homestuck cosplayers at CF last year. Oh really? Oh, I, I, no, no, wait, this year, this year. Oh, this year? How is this year? I mean, yeah. this year? Right? No, sorry. Last year. Last year. Where's your TARDIS? <laughs> 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 sorry, all this time. And dimension in space, wibbly wobbly, you know. Okay, anyway, um, well, I would like to get the whole Homestuck thing, but I, I got no idea why I can't get into it. Like, I try my best to get into it or get try to get it, but uh, it's not getting me. It's not rubbing me the right way. Well, that's fair enough, though, because I tried like actually reading um, the comics as well. And just after a few pages and stuff, I just couldn't get into it, and I just gave up. And it was... The thing is, the comic is really long. Mm. It's a lot of things that you have to get through before you actually get to the good stuff, from what I hear. 
So uh-huh. I kind of just gave up. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but it's like, to each their own, I guess. It's like, but there's a lot of course, crossover happening for sure. Um, Zen, do you know anything about Homestuck? Mm, no idea, man. Okay. Anyway, that was email time. And if you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions for the show, you can contact us at mbsshow at gmail.com. And you could also reach us on Twitter. I'm at Norman Sanzo. And I'm at King of Cuteness. You can never say that. What? Street, <laughs> what? <laughs> So much awkward. <laughs> <laughs> that pause right there. I'm at Piki S-T-P-I-N-K-I-E. You can reach me at Tasha Irina if you want to. <laughs> if you it sounded want like you're going to read your phone number out there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach me at one 800 333 Zen, do you have uh, a Twitter account? Uh, no, I don't have an online presence. I uh, have Facebook. You're a ninja. <laughs> Yes. I used to be, I used to have a blog called the Internet Jellyfish, where I basically floats around and don't appear. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, I used to have an online presence, but I took an arrow to the knee. Oh, God, no. Oh, God. I used to have an online presence, but I become a jellyfish. <laughs> oh, even worse. Anyway, um, that was uh, the MBS show episode number 11. I've been your host, Amir Sanzo. And I've been Emilio Daniel. Or Emilia. And I'm the other Daniel, Daniel Anthony. And I'm Tosh. <laughs> I'm your guest for this episode, Sam. We'll see you next week. Yay! Ciao.
Sunshine, colorful. Fl-